Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Today I thought, you know, everybody's, we're going to talk about this roster, you know, continuously throughout the next four months, right? But what I thought would be, you know, rather fun would be now that the draft is over, now that, you know, the major part of free agency is over, ironically, free agency is still going on and the Eagles actually signed a free agent today who we're going to talk about, but I thought it would be fun to just do, uh, what is it, May 4th, right? A May 4th 53-man projection, right? If if there was no OTAs, um, you know, no preseason, and the Eagles weren't going to sign anybody else, by the way, in the next four months, no trades, no nothing, what would the 53-man roster look like? And the reason I wanted to do this is just to get an idea of where this team stands in relation to where it was at the end of last season. And it's a fun exercise to look at because really, if you looked, if we did this same exact thing last year, right after the draft, you know, we'd be sitting there going, well, we still don't have an outside corner. They ended up signing Brad Perry. Well, you know, we're pretty weak at safety. It's Anthony Harrison, Jaquaski. I don't even know if Tart was signed yet, to be honest. It was actually just Anthony Harris and, you know, I think Kayvon Wallace. I mean, that's, this team was so far from what you would consider formidable. And it's funny because we ended up having the best roster, being the best team in the NFL for the majority of the league, or majority of the year. And then obviously suffering what a Jonathan Gannon implosion in the Super Bowl. But regardless, I wanted to see if, you know, because that was a Super Bowl team. You know, you wouldn't have thought it in May of last year. So let's just see where we're at in May of this year. So what I did is I did my 53-man projection. We could do eight, like I said, you could rattle off, you know, who's going to be on the 90-man roster, and that's great and all, but remember, 53 make the team. So you got to try to figure out who's going to be battling for, like, legitimate roster spots. And I say that, but yes, Somebody could come out of nowhere, like a Tyree Cleveland can go out and have one of the greatest off-seasons ever at wide receiver and make this team. I'm not saying that's not impossible, but I think this year more than ever with the Eagles, there's not going to be a lot of, you know, guys that you didn't see making the roster battling to make the roster. And what I mean by that is this, think about last year, we had Josh Job make the the team as, the, remember the, the practice squad, like we had all those corners battling. And, you know, there was projections on this guy and this guy. And people were saying this guy. And then it ended up being Job who made the team. Um, you know, Britton Covey came out of nowhere. And trust me, his role is now more defined. But, you know, Grant Calcaterra, you were like, oh, he has to make the team without ever proving anything. This year, it's a lot different because this roster, from what I've seen and, you know, what I've looked at, it's a lot more full than it was last year. And by full, what I mean is this. I mean... It's definitely deeper this May than it was last May. So let's look at the offense first. Let's go into the quarterbacks, right? So the Eagles kept three quarterbacks on their active roster all last season. People, like I don't know if they remember this or, or misremember it or whatever, but Ian Book was claimed um, after he was cut from the Saints, and he was on our roster all season. Now, the Eagles did sign Marcus Mariota to a one-year deal. 
I think he got $5 million. I, I believe a bunch of it's guaranteed. So that would tell me Marcus Mariota is not getting cut. He's going to be the backup quarterback. I mean, there's always a possibility he could be traded. Remember, Joe Flacco had a similar type deal and he was traded. But, and that's, by the way, they did that because they traded for Minshew in the preseason and ended up being able to then expend Flacco. But, you know, as it stands right now, obviously, without any question, the best player in the NFL, QB1, the, well, no longer the highest paid player in the NFL, regardless, the second highest paid player in the NFL, the absolute, like I said, the best player in the league, and I'm going to keep saying it, the best player in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, he will be quarterback number one. Now, quarterback two, we just said his name, Marcus Mariota, because, again, his contract dictates he's probably, it's going to take something special or something horrific from him for him to not be the backup quarterback. I know last year, remember, we were all thinking Reed Sinet might pass Gardner Minshew. It was actually being talked about, in fact, to the point where the coaches actually gave it even a, a plausible idea you know, passable chance. And then obviously the preseason happened and we saw that fade away quickly. But the battle right now for me is going to be the third quarterback. It's going to be between Ian Book and Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee is their draft pick, the sixth rounder from Stanford. I know everybody keeps saying, oh, he's a statue. He's not a statue, Tanner McKee. I've watched him play. I'm telling you this right now. He He's more mobile than what I think is being let on. It's not, I'm not sitting here saying he's some type of runner. He's not going to run by any stretch of the imagination, but he has, I don't want to, statue's the wrong term. He's He can move around. Like, he's very good at bootlegs. So right there, if he's a statue, I mean, statue quarterbacks don't really excel bootlegging, and he bootlegs with the, like, that was one of the strengths of his game. I know McKee doesn't fit you know, the Eagles offense, just like Gardner Minshew didn't fit the Eagles offense, but um, Mariota fits, you know, if Hertz comes out, they don't really have to flip the playbook, you know, Ian Book fits, if, you know, he has to play, they don't have to flip the playbook, they do have to flip the playbook somewhat for Tanner McKee, but at the same time, I think right now what they're looking at is this third quarterback, they want it to be somebody who could eventually be the backup quarterback, it's not ideal for Ian Book that the team signed Marcus Mariota to be the backup. Now, to be fair to Ian Book, he only got to show, you know, what did he do last? He wasn't here for OTAs. He wasn't here for the preseason. He came during the regular season. And during the regular season, the third string quarterback is not getting a lot of looks. Yeah, he's running the practice, you know, look team and all that stuff. Like, that's great and all. But, I mean, you're not really getting a ton to see from a guy like Ian Book. So I think that the team chose to go out and get Mariota more or less just to be safe. I do think they like Ian Book. They wouldn't have claimed him off waivers. They wouldn't have had him sit and hold a roster spot for the whole season if they didn't like stuff about Ian Book. My projection right now, I'm going to go Ian Book wins the third quarterback job. But again, that's going to be one to watch because I, I, this is, remember, we haven't seen anything yet. Tanner McKee could come out and light this thing up, and it's going to be like a no questions. Oh, he he's the he's definitely on the team. But Book and McKee are both young guys, so it's not like the Eagles are going to be eager to cut the both quarterbacks. Now, could they keep two on the roster? And again, with the numbers crunch that they're going to be dealing with, it's going to be pretty 
possible, to be honest. Like, if these two guys don't really do anything in the preseason and they leave more questions than answers, then sure, yeah, they could both be cut. One could get stashed on their practice squad if they want to do that. They've done that in the past where they kept two and one on the practice squad. But ideally, I know this team, they'd want to have three quarterbacks on the roster. Now, at running back, I know everybody thinks this is a four-person uh, unit. And if you've listened to this show and you know my thoughts on Trey Sermon, I believe Trey Sermon is going to make this team. And let me tell you why. The two top guys are DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Both of which have had injury histories. Swift not so much. Swift's is a little bit more overrated, but Penny's had a severe injury history. So my thing is this. If you keep four guys and, you know, hey, it's plausible. It really is. The Eagles had, you know, four guys on the team last year. But again, it was Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, and they were healthy the whole season. I think, uh, what was it? One of the games, I want to say Scott was out. Yeah, he was out. And Sermon, that was the Jacksonville game where he got the two carries. But Penny and Swift, you, you can't realistically believe you're getting 17 games out of either one of them. They just haven't done it. Swift may do it more so than Penny, but Penny for sure. You can absolutely not count on 17 games. You don't bank on an injury, but you can't also sit there and just say, hey, they're going to do something that neither one have done in their career, and that's play every single game in the regular season. So for that, I say this. You have those two. Then Kenny Gainwell. Boston Scott. Boston Scott actually has another role. He serves as a kick returner because he kind of found his niche doing that at the end of last season. And Sermon to me, I think they keep all five. And the reason I'm saying that is, again, they probably are sitting there going, there's very little chance that we're going to have everybody stay healthy in this running back room. And the last thing this team would want to do is cut a guy like Trey Sermon, who they kept on their active roster all of last season. Now, again, he could fall flat on his face in OTAs in the preseason and, and training camp, and obviously it make it very easy for the Eagles to cut him. But I'm just trying to say, if Trey Sermon comes out and shows what he can do and what I think he can do and plays to a good level, I have no doubts. I don't believe they're cutting him. I think they keep the five running backs. Because, again, I think they'll anticipate that they're definitely going to have to use their depth at running back this season. Because, again, they got two guys on cheap deals in Swift and uh, Penny, one of which a free agent, one of which, uh, you know, a trade that another team took a running back at because, again, they, they were done counting on this guy because they wanted somebody more reliable. So I would think the Eagles would do the smart thing and keep five guys. Right now, that's what I would have. Now, a tight end, I think you're going to have uh, Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, and Grant Calcaterra. Now, they've signed a bunch of free agents at tight end, uh, two of which, Dalton Keene, formerly of the Patriots, and then today they signed Dan Arnold from Jacksonville. He had success with the Rams. Arnold had a big, his longest catch of the year against the Jaguars, or with the Jaguars against us last season. Um, Arnold's played in this league for a while. So to me, I like that coming in. We kind of wanted to see potentially what else they could get at tight end because these guys did have an opportunity last year when Goddard missed five weeks and the tight end position gave up squat. Outside of Grant Calcaterra making a couple plays with his athleticism, um, you really didn't get much. And that's why like, I don't get the idea behind Jack Stoll being some type of roster lock. I don't like it. Again, I'm not sitting here going to criticize Stoll, but I thought, you know, in that 49ers game, he got freaking, in the in the Giants game, he got Jalen Hurts crunched a couple times, missing blocks. So, 
I know people are just locking him in. If you told me between Calcaterra and Stoll, who I think is more of likely to make the roster, I'd say Calcaterra because he actually provides something. You know what I mean? He's got some juice. He's got to improve his blocking, yes, but he has some juice. And like I said, then the other guys coming down to it being a Dan Arnold, a Dalton Keene. Tyree Jackson is fully healthy here. He's going to have an offseason. You know, this is his chance. You know, he was injured. Uh, he had that great 20, what was it, 2021 offseason. Got injured. 2022, he comes back, but he didn't really have an offseason. Now, again, he's put on some size. He's six seven. You know, he's going to have a real chance here. He could be a guy, too, as well. I'm not ruling him out at all because, again, he's been with the Eagles for two years. And then Brady Russell, the undrafted free agent that they signed from Colorado. So tight end's going to be fun to watch, in the uh, definitely in the preseason. I'm looking forward to the tight end battles because I think there's a lot of overturn that can happen at that position. Like I said, Goddard is the only lock. Lock, lock. I'd say Calcaterra 2 stole 3 right now. But again, Dan Arnold being signed is a, is a reason. Um, Tyree Jackson, definitely. I mean, you could go in this thing with it being... Goddard, Arnold, and Jackson. I'm not ruling that out. Especially if Calcaterra doesn't have a big preseason or anything like that. He's somebody who could definitely pass through waivers and get uh, put on that practice squad. I wouldn't have any doubts of it right now. But I will go with what they had last year. Goddard stole Calcaterra. Now at wide receiver. Position I'm telling you we're dangerously thin at so I mean I, I would envision that this could be somewhere where the Eagles try to make a move to get somebody else in here um, like I said I've been advocating it you know the whole offseason but we have obviously A.J. Brown um, Devontae Smith Alameda Sakias, Quez Watkins and Britton Covey those are your five receivers right now yeah the, Joseph Nada the kid they signed from Clemson the undrafted free agent there's guys that could push for but I, I mean it's going to take a miracle in my opinion to get a spot at wide receiver. Like I said, if you're keeping five running backs, you're definitely only going to keep five receivers. And the only reason they're keeping five receivers is because Covey is a kick returner, or your punt returner. So when you do the math there, by the way, before you get to your offensive line, that's three quarterbacks, right? Three tight ends, that's six right there. Five and five. So that's 16 players right there with your wide receivers, your quarterback, your tight end, and uh, your running backs. Now, at offensive line, this is where it's like, normally we're sitting here going, they might get 10. It's like, <laughs> you're struggling to get to eight here, which tells me something's probably going to end up happening in terms of them trying to sign a, a veteran. But right now, your starting five is Mylotta Dickerson, uh, Kelsey. I'm putting Steen there right now, and Johnson. Could be Driscoll, by the way. Very easily could be Driscoll at right guard. I, in fact, like... If I was a betting man, even though Steen's the favorite, that's why I have him in there right now, I would probably bet Driscoll because, again, he's a right side of the offensive line guy, remember, number one, but he's played right guard. And if they don't get a veteran to play, you know, swing, tackle, whatever, Steen is going to be very important on that left side. And I say the left side. I don't say it simply because of my lot. I say it because of Dickerson. If there's anything we all know about Landon Dickerson, it's this. Excellent football player, but he had to come out you know, more than a few times last season. So it's like, okay, if he comes out, who goes to left guard? If Steen's playing right guard, who goes to left guard? That's why I'm telling you, I, I don't, inv like, I'm not ruling out that Tyler Steen is, this season coming up, is the new Andre Dillard, and that he is the left tackle, left guard backup. And that Dickerson, or Dickerson, Dillard is the right guard.
who could swing to right tackle if need be. But again, Driscoll has a major injury problem as well. I just don't think Jurgens is playing right guard. He's not big enough. I'm just telling you this right now. He's a center. Remember, he's a tight end convert. You know what I mean? It's not like he was an offensive lineman his whole life. He was a tight end who moved to center. I'm focused on him being our center because he's going to be the center sooner than later. So it's like, let him just focus on developing as a center. I know you want him to play, but I just want him to, when he does need to play, not to lose anything because he tried to learn a different position. But I said those names right there, and that's seven guys. They'll keep more than seven. In fact, you're going to try to get to nine, but it's like, uh, right now, I don't know how they get to nine. I honestly don't know how they get to nine. That's why I'm just going with eight right now, and the eighth guy being Brett Toth, because Toth has inside-outside versatility. But that's where it's at right now. So on offense, if you do the math there, that was what? Three and three is six, 16, and eight is 24. That's 24 players. So then on defense, what did we look at on defense? So instead of just saying DNs and then outside, you know, rush linebacker, let's just call them what the, the new hip term there, edge defenders. All right, so your edge defenders, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Nolan Smith, and then this one's tough. To me, it comes down to Kyron Johnson and Patrick Johnson. I don't think they're keeping both. Now, Patrick Johnson played more last year than Kyron. I think they value Kyron Johnson on special teams more. So right now, I would go Kyron Johnson on this team. Question being there is, geez, man, like, who's going to be the inactives? Like, because you're not going to want to have Nolan Smith be inactive. To me, it's like, in this situation, Derek Barnett is screaming as an inactive, which is wild. Um, defensive tackles. You got Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, uh, Milton Williams, Contavious Street, and Moro Ajamo. That would be my guys. I think Tuli Piloto is going to be, like, again, they're all battling with Street and Ojamo. I think those two guys are the floor, by no means locks. But again, 60 tackles is a lot. But again, remember how he's talking about how he wants to go in waves. They want to have rotations. Um, That's what they're going to do. They are going to rotate heavily. So I'm going to go, and again, remember, a lot of these D tackles, if they're doing their five-man front, three of these guys could potentially be on the field at once too. So so six edge defenders, right, and six defensive tackles. Then linebackers, I went with four. I went with Nicobe Dean, Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, who I'm telling you right now, I think Christian Ellis might be the starter, and I did go with Sean Bradley. Now, the kid from Michigan State, the undrafted free agent, Ben Vance Marine. He's a tackling machine, just a little, I guess, what, undersized or something like that, but not ruling him out whatsoever in terms of that. And again, I'm not ruling out that they make another move at linebacker as well. You heard the Patrick Queen stuff, but I'm telling you this. I think that when you look at it, it's like you just need two because that's all they're going to ever have on the field because, again, their third linebacker, quote-unquote, is Reddick or Nolan Smith or Kyron Johnson in this situation. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to trust. Nicholas Morrow has no money guaranteed. So, like, that screams, like, you better impress or you're getting cut easy. He's almost a start or cut guy. But I like Christian Ellis, too, man. I, I, I don't know how desperate they need to be. 
But I understand the point that it's like, yeah, just because I like somebody, you know what I mean, who's never proven it, do you want to take that chance? And I get it. You know, hey, you're trying to win a Super Bowl here. You're not trying to, you know, cut corners just because. So 6-6 six, six, and 4 is 16. Then, corners. I went with Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox, obviously. Ringo. Then this is where it gets really fun. So that's four guys, you know, that they didn't go up and get Kelly Ringo to uh or Kelly Ringo to let him go. Greedy Williams, I think, is here as a fifth. And the sixth guy I went with, Eli Ricks, the undrafted free agent from Alabama. It's tough because again, Job, also undrafted free agent from Alabama, kind of similar, like he played a lot. Now Ricks didn't, but I mean, Rick's had a top, he was a first round like grade on him going into the season. A lot of people thought he was a lock deal in the first round. The Eagles get him undrafted, I get it. Stuff had to happen, right? I don't, they clearly don't trust Zach McPherson. That's obvious. I'm not ruling him out here in this situation. I think that this last spot is between Rick's, McPherson, Job. You know, you could put Josiah Scott in there. I think he's done though. Um, Mario Goodrich, there's a bunch of guys that are battling for this last spot, which is going to be great for us in the preseason. Like th- th- This is going to be so fun watching these guys battle it out because, again, there's just so many guys that are trying to get like one or two spots. Like, yeah, Greedy Williams isn't a lock, I guess, but I'd be pretty shocked if Greedy Williams isn't on this team because right now I don't think they want Kelly, uh, Keely Ringo to be their primary outside backup corner. I think it's Greedy. That's who they trust to do it. Now, Greedy's had an injury problem, but that's why a guy to me like Eli Ricks would have more of an advantage making this team. Now, to be fair in this situation, who's the backup slot? Right? Ricks would have to prove that he could kind of move inside because they're not going to move Ringo inside. Greedy, I guess they could use that as well. My guess is he will have to show it as well. Like, they're going to want him to prove that. But really, your backup slot right now is... Is it Josiah Scott? I mean, Josh Job, is he going to show it? Is Mario Goodrich somebody? Zach McPherson, they think, could be an inside slot. And and that, to me, is it. That's his path to making this team, is showing, hey, I could play the slot. I think the sixth receiver, or sixth corner, it comes down to who shows them. Usually it's like, who shows them what they could do on specials? This ain't going to be that. It's going to be who shows them they could play inside corner. Because, I mean, that slot corner position is the one where, and again, that's our most oft-injured corner right there, Avante Maddox. So the slot corner's probably going to have to play. Remember, Gardner Johnson's not here anymore. So it's not like they could just go from their safety spot and pull somebody down to play, you know, nickel corner. They tried with Josiah Scott. Clearly, that didn't work. So six corners. So when you do the math right there, then, you have six edge defenders, six defensive tackles, that's 12. Four linebackers is 16. Then six corners is 22. Remember, you can only have 26 guys on defense because you need your three guys that are special teams players. So your four safeties at this point, to me, would be Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown, Terrell Edmonds, and I have Justin Evans. That leaves Kayvon Wallace out. <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but those would be the four guys that I projected right now to be our safeties. 
I think Sidney Brown starts. So to me, it's like, I think then Edmonds would probably start with him. But again, they're kind of similar. You know what I mean? Like that, you would think on paper that's what would happen. So maybe it, it goes Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown, which I think would be better, by the way. I think they're your starting safeties. And then instead of just cutting, um, you know, Terrell Edmonds or whatever, they don't do that. What you rather do is just in case, because you got an undrafted free agent who's in his second season of Blankenship. You'd have a rookie in Sidney Brown. You want to keep some veterans there. And I know Justin Evans too. I, I would want my two backups to be guys that have experienced playing. You know, and Edmonds for sure does. Evans has an injury problem. I get it, but that's what I would think is going to happen. But again, that's going to be another fun thing to watch during the offseason here. And then your three specialists being Jake Elliott, um, the new punter who I think is going to be Zentner. I think the kid they got from the UDFA from Kansas State, I think he beats Sipas out. I just think that that's what they, they made this guy a priority to sign Zentner. So I think he ends up being the punter. And then, you know, obviously Rick Lovato's your long snapper. So that's the current, what I would say, 53-man projection. But this is so early. There's going to be so many more moves. There's going to be so many more guys that come in. But it does show you the battles being, okay, if they keep three quarterbacks, who's the third quarterback? Do they keep five running backs? You know, right now they're, they're criminally thin at wide receiver. It's only five guys. Um, the tight end battle is going to be great to watch. The end of the offense line, right now it's eight guys. I know for a fact they do not want to keep eight offense linemen. They love to have nine or more. You know, Josh Sills, remember, he made the team as an undrafted free agent last year over Jack Anderson. Now, Josh Sills is on the exemption list because he's dealing with that, you know, thing that came out the Super Bowl week of, you know, the criminal charges against him. But it's the, the crazy thing is, like, I wanted, you know, Jack Anderson to stay on this team and could use Jack Anderson right about now, right? Especially when you have a hole at guard. Um, defense, Kyron Johnson or Patrick Johnson. I think that's the biggest battle in terms of edge defenders. D-tackle, like I said, Street, Ojamo, Tui Piloto, all those guys battling for that um, that that def last defensive tackle spot, if they keep six even. And then the linebackers, like you got the undrafted kid. You're going to have Sean Bradley. If they bring a veteran in, is Nicholas Morrow going to make this team? You know, Christian Ellis, does he make the team this year out of training camp? I think he does. The corners, which is the greatest, the, the best one of all. Williams, McPherson, Ricks, you know, Job. Scott, all those guys, like I said, just somebody's got to show they can play the slot. And then the safeties, clearly. Kayvon Wallace, does he have a one more chance? Because, again, remember, they drafted him. He's on a very cheap deal. You know, I, trust me, he's not somebody they're probably looking forward to cutting. They've had him there for three years now. Tons of stuff with this. So many good battles. Like, I, I again, I'm looking really at wide receiver because I just can't envision that that's the five because... We're, we're an injury away from having Quez have to play outside. It's just, it gets frightening. But that is, I figured we'd just go over the roster, give everybody an idea of what we're looking like right now if we had to line up. Where do you think we need to add players to, you know? Trust me, though. When you look at this one compared to last year at this time, it's like, it's... We're infinitely better, which is wild to say, especially after all the free agents we lost, going after the Super Bowl, all this yada, yada, yada. And it's like you look at the roster that we have currently versus what we had last May, and you're like, wow, we're way better than we were last May. 
want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go. Thank you.